you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. David, football, football, David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now, here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. Hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program. Available as always on iTunes, Stitcher, and NFL.com slash Sheck. S-H-E-K, Sheck, Sheck, Sheck. Let's get right to it, fellas. The NFL wheel stops for no one, and there is a lot to peruse for you at NFL.com. I encourage you, nay, demand that you head there, ASA and P, to review all of it. Here to talk about it is the guy who helps program the NFL site and uh, one of the guys who makes pages for it along with me and a cast of, I was going to say thousands, but that would be inaccurate. Maybe a (laughs) dozen or two dozen. I don't know how many people write for it. Either way, let's break it down with our main man in uh, 2015. It's Bucky Brooks. What's the poop, fella? What's going on, Shaq? Well, I I enjoyed looking at your – you have a piece up there right now at NFL.com that is all about uh, quarterbacks. It's (laughs) it's a quarterback league, so it makes sense. We've sort of touched on this in the past, that if it is, in fact, a a quarterback league, not just figuratively, what if it were literally a a quarterback (laughs) league and the quarterbacks have to play all the positions? Bucky lays that out for us neatly, and uh, we want to get into that one. Let's also say hello to uh, to our resident Miami Dolphins fan all the way from London, England. Here he is, everybody. It's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. Hello, Handsome. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Thank you, David. It always tickles me. Bucky, really, it makes him laugh. It uh, reminds me of watching the Pink Panther when I was little. The, the Pink, Pink Panther? Panther? That's James Bond. <laughs> what? 
It just, it it reminds, me, it just reminds me of <laughs> watching a weird the connection. That is. It just reminds me of that. Yeah, when I hear the, the Batman theme, it uh, makes me think of uh, hot dogs. <laughs> All of that makes no sense. There's no connection it just there. Makes, yeah. Um, yeah, we got – well, I thought, uh, Handsome, actually, your response might be that you – how are you feeling? I thought you might say a little guilty that you have a theme song and Bucky Brooks well, still doesn't. Well, I mean, obviously I, I do, do but uh, maybe we can get the Pink Panther for Bucky. Well, speak <laughs> – <laughs> I think you just uh, That's I think it. you Bucky, just came up Bucky. with it. That's <laughs> it. How does the Pink be Panther so one go? It's similar to mine that maybe Bucky be get I can't, I can't remember, but it just dun dun reminds dun me. Bucky Brooks. Bucky Brooks. Bucky Brooks. Analyze the draft. Bucky Brooks. UNC. All right, so listen. So let's talk. We have much to kibitz about. First of all, you know, I like it when a real sports town wins a major championship, and Chicago did that. On Monday night, they claimed a Stanley Cup. Um, impressive stuff there. By 21st century measure, they are now a dynasty. I think three and six years, I think, is uh, more than enough, um, given free agency and all that that, uh, that prevails in the major sports of the U.S. of A., this is a dynasty. Kudos to them. I also, on Twitter, I, it reminds me every time I see the Stanley Cup, 24 years ago, I drank from the Stanley Cup with some of my chumps late at night or in the wee hours of the a.m. The color man for the for the uh, Penguins walked in carrying the cup with uh, with uh, one with a security guard guy. And he allowed us to not only hoist it over our heads, but also put uh, the local brew Iron City beer in there and uh, and, and drink it uh, until it was all gone. What a what a heavenly memory that was. That reminds me also at uh, on YouTube, you can look up. The uh, our, our quest to name the NFL MVP trophy. We talked to all the biggest stars, or many of them at least, Calvin Johnson, J.J. Watt, Le'Veon Bell, and so on, for their thoughts on what the NFL MVP trophy should be. And speaking of MVP trophies, LeBron James, win or lose, should be the NBA MVP. All right, so that's enough. I, that was just a snapshot of the great. week. You really covered a lot. There. I did. I just covered I mean, a lot of ground there. All, of, all of it. And 24 years ago, all at the same time. All yeah. at one time. Boy, see, that's what happens when you're uh, when you, you you talk fast there, Handsome, yeah. you see? All right, so let's talk about the here and now. Got a lot of good questions. First of all, Handsome, how did you enjoy Game of Thrones? I enjoyed it. It's, uh, Bucky, do you watch Game of Thrones? I have not gotten okay. to Game of Thrones yet. All right, let's not dig out Shame for Bucky. Maybe we'll make Shame it. indeed. Shame indeed. Do you think that uh, that they have some Game of Thrones uh, f- uh, fans? I mean, some uh, Sheck Report fans I feel like in the I, Game I of Thrones? I feel like in the last couple of weeks, you've had some of your pieces have been sort of bitten a little bit by else, by people elsewhere. We had, I think, Mark Schlereth on ESPN took the uh, the, the, um, the triplet, triplet ranking. I did see that. And made it his own thing. Then there was something else recently as well, and then Elliot you know, Harrison. Oh, Elliot Harrison stole your um your quarterback uh, or our our, fact, quarterback, our quarterback, the greatest quarterback trio. Greatest quarterback trios quarterback oh, that, 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 that was a, that was an idea that was started, born here. Started here. <laughs> started here not three weeks ago, and Elliot stole that. And then, <laughs> and then but I cap- know more about ball. That's true. He does. <laughs> and then to cap it all off. Game of Thrones steals your whole shame bit and makes. I mean, like you say, shame what four or five times? Yeah, yeah that, sh- that Shaq report. They did it ninety-eight times. And that house frow didn't have the same joie de vivre in saying no, shame the way I you're did. Right, exactly. I think it would be way more annoying for me to be doing that behind Cersei or anyone else who is walking through the the streets shamed, um, and and having uh, being vomited by 
feces and yeah. garbage and everything else. I think it'd be way worse <laughs> to have me walking behind you going, shame, shame, instead of that annoying. woman. Shame. After a bit. Shame. Exactly. After shame. a while, they'd be like, I don't really care that I'm covered in, in um, yes. other people's excrement, but I this guy behind me with a Pittsburgh nasally voice is really annoying me. Shame. <laughs> 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 um, also at NFL.com, um, we're in the midst of doing our um, the uh, the all division teams. You know, the Pro Bowl just pits the two conferences together. If you aren't aware, I break it down one step even further. I go by division. There, the NFC South is up there. The you NFC pick eleven and eleven within a division. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. I even go into a little bit of special teams, Buck. I go the extra mile. Really? I, I listen. I full disclosure, though. I, I don't. I don't want to get. Spare me. Your feedback on social media and otherwise that I always say, I you know, who can evaluate offensive linemen? I mean, I, what do I? I, I can't evaluate uh, the offensive linemen. Did I get this right, though, Bucky? In the, AF, in the NFC South, my front uh, five goes DeMar Dotson at left tackle. I go Logan Mankins at one guard, John Asamoah at the other, uh, Ryan Khalil in the middle, and uh, Zach Streif on the, uh, on the right side. Does that sound good to you? See who else? What are we, we don't have a lot of options in the south. I know it's funny how we don't have a lot of options in the south. So I, I, <laughs> I can't disagree because they're not a lot of they're not a lot of players in the south right now. Well, what's funny at, at that particular position? It, it it's funny that you know how we talk about the copycat league, and I do think that if you're the front runner in the division, that teams then try to respond to, to to stopping that. You know, hey, we need to get a pass rush on Tom Brady, so you know the other teams now not coincidentally probably are pretty fierce up front. I mean, they, they, they you have, you have to be built to be the heavyweight within your division. Right. Um, when I played in Buffalo on the Marv leaving, you know, the Buffalo Bills win the four straight Super Bowls. The only emphasis that they talked about in training camp was winning the division. And if you win the division, that guarantees you an opportunity to be in the playoffs. And once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. So to win that division, you do have to take a look and take inventory of what the other teams within your division have, the style of play, and you have to be built to play that style of play. You being a Pittsburgh guy, you understand that most of the quarterbacks, with the exception of Johnny Menzel and Josh McCown, are big, strong, sturdy quarterbacks. You play in the AFC North, weather's a factor, big physical defenses that you have to go against are a factor. So you certainly have to build your team to handle what your opposition does within the division because you play those teams twice each year. That's a, It really is interesting. You would think that that would be pretty low down on the list of priorities is, hey, look at the division we're in and the climate and their two domes. I mean, the South must legitimately think, well, so we're going to play a, you know, a fair amount of games uh, that, you know, there's not outside a bad weather of the elements. Yeah, there's not a bad weather spot. So you talk about – the Superdome, you talk about the Georgia Dome, and then Tampa, like, it's conducive to being able to throw the ball. You can air it out. You don't necessarily have to be a physical, grinded-out team. Carolina's constructed a little differently. They're constructed a little more old-school-like because Ron Rivera is the head coach. He wants to run and play good defense. But if you look at that division, Atlanta was more of a finesse team in the past because they threw it around with Matt Ryan. New Orleans is a finesse team. They throw it around with Drew Brees. Tampa's still trying to find their identity. But because they play eight games in sunny sunshine, nice weather, they can also be a team that's constructed to throw the ball all over the yard. The different thing about that division, though, is that you can't key on, like, we want to beat that team. It's not the Patriots. Because every year Because every year the worst team is the best team and whatever else. So, Do you find uh, – what's funny is that we talk about the quarterback league. It's, it's sadly ironic that if this is a, a quarterback league, you now go in the NFC South specifically, Cam Newton, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, all three, 
you know, depending on what uh, what your taste is, they're all three pretty good options. And Jameis Winston seems like he's got. I mean, I um, certainly think he's going to be great. And yet, it didn't equal much success overall. So it it sort of does undermine the the premise that if you have a great quarterback, then you're going places. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a bit overrated. I think the the quarterback premise is a bit. Uh, I think it's easy. It's more of a fantasy football premise. And it's also a narrative that is pushed by a lot of analysts. And if you look at TV, most of the analysts are what? Former quarterbacks. Right. So they always make it about them. But the teams that win are balanced teams, teams that can run, teams that also have a quarterback that can deliver when the game is on the line. But more importantly, most teams that win the Super Bowl to win the chip, they ultimately have a defense that can stop people. You have to be able to stop people in this league. When I go through it, I feel like the Panthers – this is a – I find this a fascinating division, by the way. Oh, but but to, to finish my point about how there are certain trends and how entire divisions – you say, well, the offensive linemen aren't especially impressive as a collective in the NFC mm-hmm. South. The wide receivers in the NFC West as a group are, are pretty uh, – pretty sorry. Michael Floyd is the best one. I mean, statistically, at least, is the best receiver. And and I kind of, I feel like I have to put Larry Fitzgerald in there as well, in spite of the relative lack of production over Doug Baldwin. I mean, in the offense he's in, I do like Doug Baldwin a lot, but in that offense, he just, his numbers don't bear out that he belongs in some sort of an all-star category. I mean, Tavon Austin doesn't do it. Kenny Britt doesn't do it. None of that, that, that division, though, is built to run the football. If you look right. how they have been constructed, the teams that have won it, Seattle, uh, San Francisco, you now look at the Rams. Look at their running backs. Look at how they're built. You know, talking about the Rams having Ty Gurley and Trey Mason. Trey Mason showed up well as a rookie. San Francisco, Carlos Hyde should be a player that can have a uh, 1,000 yards. Reggie Bush comes over to replace Frank Gore. Two nice running backs. In Seattle, you have Marshawn Lynch. So when you look at the division and look at the strengths of the division, they have stars, but those stars play in a style that is conducive to winning that division, and that division is a rough, rugged division. Look at the defensive stars that you have to weigh in when you make up that all-division team. There are a lot of guys that you have to choose from. Well, I mean, the the it is really as tough as possible. Handsome, who would you put when you're choosing the front four uh, on defense there? Handsome, off the top of your head. I don't mean to put you on the spot. I mean, you got all those Rams guys. Right. You got Michael Bennett, Cliff Averill, Brandon Meebane. It's tough to look much past that Rams defensive line. I know, but you have to put – I mean, I don't have to, but I – so I right now, unless you guys talk me out of it, Michael Bennett Mm -hmm. over Cliff Averill. I mean, I I feel like you could pretty Mm -hmm. much uh, uh, flip-flop between those two. Aaron Donald just has to make it. has to be in there. So he is. Calais Campbell – at the mm-hmm. other tackle, and then I have Robert Quinn at the other end spot. I mean, who? I mean, there's a uh, make a case for somebody out who shouldn't be there. I mean, who? who no, no, deserves those that those guys those guys are certainly worthy of, of of being there. I think the one guy I guess you have to depend on where do you put Alden Smith? Is Alden Smith a linebacker? Is he a defensive end? It's a three-four front, but he's primarily a pass rusher. He'll be the only guy to me that stands out as someone that could be in that conversation, but. I don't think I can make a strong enough case to say, hey, you need to remove Robert Quinn in place of Alden Smith. And I certainly could make that case with Michael Bennett. But he certainly would be an alternate on that team because it's very, very tough. That division is very competitive. It's competitive on defense when you try and make out those lineups and the linebackers that are in the division. A lot of talent. Um, yeah, I, I, it's fun already. And, you know, I don't know if you guys are aware, but now that we're in June and all free agency is over and the draft is long in the rearview mirror now, 
we can start making picks and feeling good about them now. Now it's not that speculative. I mean, I know training camp is oh, yeah. going to come with some injuries, but I feel like uh, we, we can start digging in on picks. And the NFC South is very difficult to call. Bucky Brooks do it. Who wins the NFC South? I would go with the Carolina Panthers. I think I they had the best defense. I agree with that, Bucky. I agree, too. Do you? We're all aligned on that one. Yeah. What happens with Dan Quinn, though? What fa- what, 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 they're, mean- they're going to be good. They don't have the pieces in place on defense to be good. But I think Kyle Shanahan upgrades that offense. You now will see a team that can run the football. That one-cut zone-based system will allow Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman to have success. If they're able to run the ball a little bit, that now opens it back up for Julio Jones and Roddy White to have success pushing the ball down the field. I wish they had someone in the middle that could control it because when they were at their best, when they had Tony Gonzalez working with those two, they could complement. But I think Matt Ryan's going to have a good year. I think offensively they can compete with anybody in the division. Defensively, I still don't know if they're stout enough to stop the run consistently where they can really get after the passer. But that offensive line is going to have trouble as well. Yeah, I mean, it, I they're, yeah, they're raggedy up front. They, they released Sam Baker yeah, not too long ago, and then you're still trying to figure out what the identity of that offense is. And so sometimes you can mask that with scheme because it doesn't necessarily take these bruises to move people off, but they certainly have to gel and come together because everything has to be in unison when you're talking about a zone-based system. I think their offensive line may not be as good as your old quarterback offensive line. <laughs> I, it really is true. I mean, if Jake Matthews doesn't turn the corner at least, that offensive uh, line. Well, yeah, he was hurt, and now, you know, you moved him because they, they put him in at right tackle, right. had to move him to left tackle, and so you're hoping that in year two he makes some strides and comes up and can be one of those pillar franchise players at that side. But we talk about, you know, copycat and everything else. You look at uh, – because I'm, those are the two divisions I'm focused on right now, and so now I'm making you guys focus on it as well. But the running backs are so good. Say, I mean, Andre Ellington was, was hurt, but, you know, for what it's worth, the coaching staff may be hyperbolic, but they were saying, oh, 2,000 yards for him in 2014 injuries undid any chance of that happening, but they like him a lot there in Arizona enough that they didn't really, it seems at least, make a real run at Adrian Peterson or anyone else. Meantime – you mentioned Carlos Hyde, and I, you know, I'm crazy for Todd Gurley and Marshawn Lynch, and Kristen Michael is ready to take over for him, presumably. But then you look at now the Saints are doing the same thing. Yeah, is it that easy? Is that what is that what Mickey Loomis and and Sean Payton say? Do they have a conversation, a frank conversation? Maybe Drew Brees is there as well. Do they say at some point, like, listen, we're fooling ourselves. Maybe we're good enough to win a division, but if we get into a game with the Seahawks, we have no chance in, in January. we got to change the, the identity of this team. Is that what happened? Well, I mean, I, I think they go all the way back to when they won the Super Bowl. When they won the Super Bowl with Drew Brees, and Drew Brees had a phenomenal year. That defense played lights out, but they had the sixth best rushing offense. And even though they didn't have necessarily a, a bell cow that you trotted out, they had three running backs that could make plays. They're trying to get back to that, in my estimation. When you have Mark Ingram come back, you bring in a C.J. Spiller, you have some of the other players that can play in rotation, you now can get back to being a hodgepodge running game, but a running game that's very effective. The only way to alleviate the pressure on Drew Brees to be able to make a lot of plays you have to be able to run the ball. When he was at their best, it's because they were able to run the ball, they were able to play off-play action at times, and also use their drop-back game. The last couple of years has been too much on Drew Brees to drop back 35 or 40 times to try and carry that offense. He liked to balance it out. Do you believe, Handsome and Bucky, Handsome, I start with you, do you believe that Drew Brees really had no idea that Jimmy Graham was getting moved in advance? No, I believe that they would have run that 
through through. I have to think that's the case, right? I mean, there's just a uh, this hokum that he did know that the other guys were getting uh, were, were getting cut and everything else. Well, I, I yeah, I'm stunned. Jimmy Graham got cut or got uh, traded away, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if they had to run it by him because he may have balked at it. But I think for them, they're trying to position their their team to be a more balanced team, a team that can compete not only in the division but outside the outside the division. And I feel like they may have been too offensive centric. They're trying to balance that up and make sure that their team can compete, and I don't know if they were like that before. I'm bouncing between these two divisions, and then we'll move on. But two more questions. First of all, do you think when I look at so as I'm going through the rosters and and uh, you know trying to pick away pick pick through who the best in the division is, the the Buccaneers are striking. I know they have a bad offense, had a bad offensive line, and and probably still will. But it is weird when you think about the fact that they have Gerald McCoy who is regarded as one of the two or three best at his spot in all the NFL. Then they have Levante David. Same goes for him. And I know Alteron Werner didn't have a good uh, good first go-round down there, but they certainly, especially with Lovey Smith, is. do you like Lovey, Bucky? Do you buy that Lovey is going to shape this, uh, turn this defense around? Because if he does... The offense. I mean, I don't. What Doug Martin or 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 Charles Sims or whoever else. Who cares? You have Jameis Winston throwing the deep ball to those big pass catchers there. How, I, this team seems like what well, shouldn't be too bad. But then we said that last year too, and they snuck. Yeah, we said that last year. We actually thought they would hit the ground running. He would have a fast start, maybe win ten games and get into the playoffs as a first year coach down in Tampa. It didn't work out for whatever reason. That defense didn't come together offensively. They struggled, uh, but they struggled sometimes because of the coaching staff. Tedford was under available, got sick, wasn't able to do that. You had a young offensive coordinator trying to call plays for the first time in his career, and so it just didn't go according to plan. But when you look at the talent on paper, they certainly have enough to be a viable contender in the NFC South. I like their defense. You mentioned Gerald McCoy. You talk about Levante David. Alteron Vernon would be a good player. Remember, a lot of people want to continue to call Lovey Smith a Tampa 2 coach. They've gone so far away from that now. They're more of a single high safety team, a team that will use uh, some man-to-man with a deep hole safety. They will use some cover three. They still want to stop the run early uh, by using eight-man fronts. If they can get you in second and long, third and long situations, they need to be able to come after the passer. That's how they're building that team. Offensively, it is all on the offensive line. That offensive line with a lot of young guys. A lot of young guys, they're trying to throw into the mix. If that offensive line can come together and they can have a semblance of a running game, I think Jameis Winston is absolutely good enough as a first-year player to get the ball to Vincent Jackson, Mike Evans, ASJ, Austin Safarian Jenkins, and they make him, they can make some hay in the NFC. ASJ, I like that. Uh, the other question, Handsome, is uh, regarding the Seahawks. Do you anticipate when they shift this, this uh, sort of – offensive philosophy away from pounding it and we see what we talk about the Saints are going to do that more the Falcons are going to do more of that it seems like you know the NFL is observing what uh, what uh, the Seahawks success is owed to while the Seahawks are saying well we got to go a little more finesse now do you I don't know that that's necessarily what they're saying by acquiring Jimmy Graham I think it means that they need to at least give the impression that they're able to do that Mm -hmm. but I don't know that that means that suddenly you're going to see the Seahawks come out and be Drew Brees and drop back 40 times a game. I think that's still all, you know, for that team, it has to still be about doing exactly what got them to back-to-back Super Bowl. I don't know about that, though. I think they are going to throw it they may considerably throw it more. They may, more. They may, they may throw some of that. Their identity is still rooted in being a physical But can they team. be that without but Matt Zunger? It, yeah, they still can be that. 
It's just going to be. It's going to help them that the defense has to respect the fact that Jimmy Graham's on the field. Yeah, it makes they've it because, got, because yeah, because when you think about Jimmy Graham being on the field, you now have to account for Jimmy Graham's whereabouts, and it allows them to have a little more creativity to still get back to what they want to do. They may be able to be a team now that comes out in the first quarter. Maybe they throw eight to ten passes. Maybe they throw early and run late as opposed to having to be a grinded-out offense game after game because as well as that offense is played, I mean as well as that defense is played, they've had to be in a lot of like seven-point or less games. Now if you have a little more explosiveness on offense, you can take some of the pressure on the defense and maybe they don't have to be at their A-level week in, week out. Right. The, All right. Patri- the Patriots right. in the Super Bowl said we want to contain Russell Wilson. We want to keep him in the pocket, and we want to we want to make sure that Marshawn's not you know getting past the second level. I think that's a much harder thing to do if suddenly you've got to account for Jimmy Graham on that offense. Yeah, it changes because the book on stopping the Seahawks were eight in the box, stop Marshawn, challenge the receivers at the line of scrimmage, and press man to man, and let's see if one of those guys can beat them over the top. And some teams had success containing them because they didn't have an answer for those tactics. Like every now and then, Chop Chop Curse would make a big play over the top. Doug Baldwin is a very good player, but sometimes press coverage can neutralize his effectiveness over the middle of the field. By now having Jimmy Graham, you allow those other guys to settle in the roles that are more comfortable for them. So instead of Doug Baldwin being the number one option, he can be a number two or number three option. So people play better when they're in roles Mm -hmm. that really play to their skill set. I now think you're better assigned to you can better equip to assign, assign those roles to the players on the perimeter. All right, now let's uh, dig in. I, w- I will answer a few tweets. We got some good ones, handsome. But uh, while Bucky's here, let's uh, let's take a look here at his all quarterback team. <laughs> we'll start at the quarterback spot on a team that a roster filled only by quarterbacks. There's no better spot to get than being the quarterback. And you give it to whom? I give it to Aaron Rodgers. I think That's Aaron Rodgers is the best right. quarterback in the game. I think he brings everything that you look for at the position. He's an accurate thrower. He has a, an exceptional uh, arm talent, big arm, athletic, can make plays inside and outside the pocket. And then when you watch him perform under pressure, I'm confident that he not only manages the game, he's going to keep the ball out of harm's way, and he's going to make the plays that are there on the field. I don't believe when Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback that you walk away from many games saying we left a lot of points on the field that we could have cashed in. Hey, Bucky, if he hadn't been your quarterback on your old quarterback team, what posi- does Aaron Rodgers make the team? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers can make the team as an, as an athlete. Like, it's tough because uh, Ali and Tom Blair cut out because I have four wide receivers in there. Two of the editors, yeah. right. Yeah, they, they, they cut out my fourth wide receiver. My fourth wide receiver was actually Drew Brees because I had Drew Brees as my slot receiver. He was a champion tennis player when yep. he was younger. He used to go against Andy Roddick, and so that athleticism is sometimes overlooked. So if I had to swap out, I think Aaron Rodgers is certainly athletic enough to play another position. Maybe he could get out in space and make some plays. And I can't have a team without the discount double check being available. <laughs> Handsome, which of yours, and again, this is available for your perusal at NFL.com, did Bucky miss on any of these? Bucky, uh, I think I like I like his receivers a lot. He's got Colin Kaepernick, nice big target. He's got RG3, who's obviously got that speed. He's got Ryan Tannehill, who did it before in college. Russell Wilson at running back. Where Duck- Bucky's team really falls apart is on the offensive line, mm. inevitably. I love what he's done with the tackles. I think Cam and Ben Roethlisberger belong there. They're I can agree with both of those. But I'm afraid. Although I might look at Cam for a tight end spot. He's too, well, yeah, he's I, too I mean, athletic to exactly. waste on so, the line. So maybe Cam plays on 
Allen plays tight end, I would then put Andrew Luck at center because right now Bucky has Peyton Manning at center, which would last precisely one play. Before <laughs> he's got a bad <laughs> neck. What are you doing? Off the field. About. His neck is going to – He, he can't handle that. way. I, I, I need you a smart guy. Retire. I need a smart guy there. Andrew Luck's your smart guy. He, and he, he's a he's big smart. guy. He's big. But I didn't want to waste Andrew Luck necessarily at center. Like I, I want to take advantage of his athletic. Let me tell you where you put him. Where? The answer for Andrew Luck is running back. That's the answer. Well, well I have one running back. Well, so Russell Wilson is fine. He can be your scat back. He can be. You can do and what then you I'm want. And I'm gonna have Andrew Luck as my fullback. He's full your back. third down. He's no. Listen, I'm Russell have, Wilson's have, your third down back or your slot receiver. Well, I mean, Andrew I'll, Luck I'll, will be unstoppable. I'm restricted. I only had 11 players. Only had 11 I couldn't. Players. I couldn't put I, subs I understand in. that. So I'm saying Luck at center, and then and then Bucky's got Tom Brady playing right guard. I respect Tom Brady an awful lot, but he. I don't, <laughs> I don't need. I want. I want like. I want. Like, vet, I want. Vet leadership I want on that offensive Bortles. line. No, no. Let's get some young kids in there. Blake Bortles and Jameis Winston at, at the two guard positions. Two big guys. <laughs> That's right. There you go, handsome. Jameis is your left tackle. Let's do or that. That might make sense. It'll oh. be a nice. He's a, a rookie, monster. No, a rookie left tackle. All right, so, I want, I want so Big Ben on the left side and the rookie let's on the let right. Jameis, like, bed in as a guard, and then if he proves it, then maybe we <laughs> move him out when, when Roethlisberger or, or um, you, someone you, you else. You know, like, vet, you have to have vets. Yeah. What about all the stuff that defenses throw out at you? I need no, guys to be able to communicate. I want my statues doing what they're su- what statues are supposed to do, which is to block for people right. up front. Give me Andy Dalton at center. <laughs> that's right. That's what that's what he's good for. Not he'll he'll snap the ball. That's it. Oh, snap it back no, no, here. No, no, You're no. smart enough to do that, right? Now the other thing, Bucky won't. So you don't. You know, I'm lucky enough. I don't know whether I call it lucky actually, but I get to see everyone's work before it gets edited and put on the site. Bucky also had a quarterback who isn't a current starter in the NFL on this team playing a position. Dave, can you guess who it was? A quarterback. A quarterback who has been suggested should play another, another position, position. Other, outside oh. of quarterback. Yeah. So, wait, well, where would you put him? At, uh, I, had, I had Tim Tebow. He could be a starting. running back. I had him at my fullback. He was a fullback. Okay. All right. That's all He's right. my goal line specialist. He's going to be my fullback. He could play it. He could do all that other stuff. I, I thought he'd be a great fit, but then because he's not a starter, he, he's, he's he got yanked. Well, see, he's another option for us on our offensive line, in my opinion. Also, let's throw, like – Josh McCown, that's where he – throw him oh. in there. He's no, a big no, – No, 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 no. What are you doing? At? What? What do you – that's it. That's where, what, where are we going to put Josh McCown at? On offense at the at – We don't even guard. know if he's going to start. He has to be a starting quarterback. All right, that's a that's a fair. I think point. I look. I think I think I made a case for an offensive line, which is better. Like I, Bucky's reasoning for having having Philip Rivers as his left guard is that he's not. I need, I need some. I need some. He's, I need some nasty. I need. I need a guy that kind of. Pokes the bear a little bit. I like I that. Think, okay. I think he's that, he's that guy. He's I my can't Conrad Dobler. You want the you want the diva RG three at wide receiver. It fits track star. Yeah, and diva track star. I was, yeah. I was, you it know, could I be disruptive out. though in the in the uh, you know in the huddle. Ah, uh, yeah, but I mean, like no no more disruptive than Deshaun Jackson or right. any other wide any receiver. Any other wide receiver? Like in the NFL. you understand those guys. Like what about? And by the way, one more. Jay Cutler belongs at one of your guards. Let him mope around there. No, if I had a defense, I would have put Jay Cutler as safety on defense. Because safety? Jay Cutler was a standout safety in high school. <laughs> that was probably 15 standout, years ago. Standout, standout safety, 
Pump returner. Did a little well, bit of everything. More it's athletic it. than people will give him credit for. I don't care if he's a starter or even in the NFL. I mean, <laughs> you gotta you got to find room here for the hefty lefty Jared Lorenzen. He's well, got to be your nose tackle. you got to drop mean, him I, in there. He could be anything. Who are we playing? Who's your team playing against in an ideal world? Who's your old quarterback team playing against? You know what? Playing against be, all kickers. Okay. I was just going to say. Yeah, we all gotta, kickers and punters. Well, let's choose the other position. Let's choose the other position group that they would uh, that they would. I think all punters. Have a good all, game All against. special teams team. <laughs> I mean, it, it would have to be like specialists, kickers, punters, and yeah. long snappers. Well, that's the that's the only team that could that could match up with those guys. Would you had kickers or punters make the all kicker, punter, and long snapper team, or would it all be long snappers? Nah, I mean, I think we could put Steve Weatherford out there. He looks athletic. Mm-hmm. Well, Janikowski your nose tackle. If he can play. He can, he, can play. he can play inside somewhere. I'm also thinking. I think the team. So, which position group would make for the best NFL team? I'm guessing wide receiver, right? Maybe that's a or or tight end actually because then they they're big guys. Well, yeah. But I, I could put I could put Julian Edelman at quarterback. Oh yeah, or I could put Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I guess say he's a NFL. He's, quarterback, he's an NFL so I could quarterback. Switch him around there. You can switch some of those guys around. Some of those guys have quarterback and, and other athletic positions in their background that you could. Who's the wide receivers on the all wide receiver team? Because Mike Evans. Wide receivers. You'd be, you'd be good. All Calvin wide Johnson. Calvin Johnson at safety. And Mike Evans, unstoppable back there. They'd intercept everything. They're big, rangy. Why doesn't the team do that? Would it really be that? Is it that crazy to think? Especially, but they do that sometimes. Can't, I know, but it, when they get right, when on a hail, like, Mary. On a hail Mary, why not Keyshawn's on? It, why not on uh, in long passing situations? Would is that is the receiver saying I'm not playing both sides of the ball, or does the coach say I wouldn't? I don't want my guy doing that. Wouldn't that you know, make sense if you put Brandon Marshall? What? I would, well, you know, like it's, it's it's funny because some teams will train your fourth or fifth wide receiver to be kind of a two way guy. I was a guy that ended up going from wide receiver to defensive back in the pros, and what you do is you kind of throw him in there, you put him in a nickel situation or a dime as a dime back, his, your sixth defensive back on the field, because you never know. The way the active roster is constructed on game day, you only have 46 bodies. If an injury or two hits, you need to have someone to go in there. So there are some wide receivers that do go and, and play there. Look, we saw the New England Patriots, right. Patriots do it with Troy Brown. I want to say they've also like had practiced – with Julian Edelman. I yep. think Edelman has kind of practiced at that position. I think it's smart to take the one world guy. didn't end. I mean, why not do this? This is a this is a key. It's time idea. you have to you have to have the ability to identify who does it. And look at Miami. Miami took a wide receiver, Tony Lippin. They moved him to corner, and he's and been, he was a guy that's been a two way player at Michigan State before. So there's certainly some precedent in being able to do it. Richard Sermon was a standout wide receiver at Stanford for most of his career. Yeah. Before moving Mike Haynes, we talked to the great the year, Hall of yeah. Famer Mike Haynes a couple of weeks ago here in 66. And, it, yeah, he had the the story. But it's always that size, always switching a receiver to DB. I think, let's move some of these uh, these all, these great pass catchers that are that are 6'3", like I say. Julio Jones, that would be dynamite. Yeah, you can move some of those guys out. You know, the, the thing – Dion proved you don't have to tackle anybody. Just uh, uh, You still have to be able to tackle. You have to have a level no, of toughness no. or whatever. Dion, but, Dion made well, two tackles in his career. He made more than two tackles. <laughs> You're not giving him enough credit for what he did. But what right. I always tell Three, young – Three, including the playoffs. Young high school wide receivers. Right now there's a fascination with playing with the ball. You want to be able to catch the ball and do things on the outside. Um, but at defensive back, if you're 6'1", any in the, any anyone that's over six foot in that range at defensive back is considered a very special athlete. So some of these wide receivers that are kind of languishing as the third and fourth receiver 
in their school and college, they should make the switch to defense because the odds are greater that they have opportunity to play because that's what guys are looking for. All right, Bucky, you're welcome to hang out, but I do know that you have to. Uh, you you were saying that you had to go. Got to got to skate. So I appreciate it, Sheck. A pleasure to see yes, you, Bucky Brooks. As always, at Bucky Brooks, track him down on Twitter and also look up his fine work here. Bucky, it's coming soon. We're going to be in the actual football before we know it here. Handsome, real quick, let's get through some tweets that we've gotten here. The first one, fascinating, from Olsen Rickard, or Rickard Olsen. I thought we decided that I wasn't going to read Twitter handles anymore. I, but I like the fact that you do. Um, it says, uh, I trusted uh, Damashek and just wagered a marathon run that the Texans win the AFC South before the Colts do. Hope you're right about Mallet here, Dave. What about that? Somebody what has about now what? wagered. What about your, somebody has your... now wagered if that if I am wrong about the Texans beating the Colts. He's got to so, run a marathon. Why not even odds? Why didn't you get like two to one? Like you have to run a half marathon versus a full. The Colts are supposed to win. They're prohibitive favorites. That is. Um, well, I hope he I hope he likes running because he's going to be running. No, I still I listen. The Texans are going to win that division. I, I stand by it. But what about this Rickard Olsen? Now I feel sort of guilty in advance. Maybe you should run one as well. No, no I way. doubt that. That's gonna, I doubt that's possible. For the record, I have run a marathon really? combined in my life. Oh, combined. Yeah, on a treadmill, not yeah. outside, but not I, outside, I've combined all at once. My time on a treadmill combines to at least twenty six points. Do you think all the times you have stood in line for food somewhere would you know the the, the <laughs> inching forward you have effectively walked or or inched a marathon? Um, yeah, 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 yeah certainly. I would think that that makes that case, sense. You've I kind would. of fulfilled your obligation, haven't you? The other and twi- got food out of it. The other Twitter one, but we do have a great one from uh, Cracklecast as well that uh, we'll get to at a later date. But uh, Tommy Ty is alerting us that we have to. Why are we going to wrap up? Cease with the tweets for today. We'll get to them. Thank you for the tweets. Also, at uh, use the hashtag DDFP to throw the gems that uh, that you're that are weighing heavy on your brain. And uh, handsome and uh, Bucky and whoever else is in here will uh, will attempt to address those. Why do we have to wrap up? Because uh, Bart Scott of uh, late of the Ravens and uh, and the Jets and now. A, uh, a fine commentator for CBS is about to join us momentarily. He's going to be on here. Yes. That's Can't right. wait. No, you're going to go now. Can't. Oh, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I really did, I, I really me. did my best. Though. Can't wait. Being Can't wait. In, being turned into Can't wait. Didn't, no, I didn't make the didn't connection. Recognize. Yeah, no, it threw me. All right. But, uh, but nonetheless, Should thank you. Should we try it again the, then? Hey, yeah. Dave, why are we going to wrap up? Uh, well, Bart Scott's on his way. Bart Scott's coming on here. Yes. Can't wait. Whoa, is Bart Scott here already? Yes. See, that was... <laughs> All right, handsome. Show yourself the door. Thank you, and we'll see you uh, at, uh, later this week. Oh, programming note, the next podcast this week is... Uh, and handsome, we'd love for you to be a part of this. Michael Robinson, one of our very favorites here at the NFL, is going to be joining us. One of the things we're going to well talk about... As Best fight song. Best college fight song. As well as Herschel Walker as well. Oh, Yes. Talk about well, that's it's fitting then to have yeah. uh, one of the all-time greats. Sure, the sure. George's George's fight song will be in there. It will. I don't even know George's fight song. All right, so let's get to it. Bart Scott. All right, everybody, this is good stuff. A former star for the Baltimore Ravens and the New York Jets. Now you watch him on the pregame on CBS. It is the great Bart Scott. What's happening, fella? How are you, man? Hey, nothing much. I'm blessed. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on today. Can I tell you something? You look quite sharp today. I like your look. 
hey man, I'm going to get on a boat after this, so I'm just prepping. <laughs> you look like <laughs> just, it. I hope that just, just, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> Before we jump into some football talk, I want to know what you're doing here with Morgan Stanley, Global Sports and Entertainment. You and Antoine Walker are trying to help out some of your uh, some of your peers. It does seem like a weird story that we hear over the last 10, 20 years that guys who make millions of dollars somehow aren't able to hold on to it. Bankruptcy is a real problem for professional athletes, huh? Well, this goes back far before, before just 10, 20 years. You, you go all the way back to Joe Lewis and his problems with the IRS and taxation and make sure that you can save for long term. You know, this is something that really everybody's known has been an elephant in the room, but nobody has tried to address it. And I'm just happy to be part of Global Sports and Entertainment with Morgan Stanley to really, you know, really put a big, strong effort to try and, and change the narrative is really what we say. Yeah, it's interesting. And, it, and, and like I say, it is a, a great cause. And yet the general public out there sort of says, you know, that it's hard to, I think, generate for the average person to generate pity. Like, wait, well, this guy made $10 million. Oh, well, he, he should be more responsible. It runs deeper than that. I mean, have you ever seen lottery winners? Lottery winners face the same thing. You think about child stars within entertainment. That's why it's just not sports. It's global sports and entertainment. And um, we have to educate. It starts with education. And if my background is we, we, we really learn our, what we call our financial personality from our parents. And if our parents don't have any awareness of it, when you get that money, who, who, do you, who are you going to lean on? Well, so, so these guys go and they... they, they they become prey, become prey to people within the financial industry, and everybody's not a good person. We can, we can talk about Tim Duncan and, and, and losing $20 million. We can talk about guys that invested their money and it was a Ponzi scheme that had no awareness of it because they're not prepared to understand what's going on. They're busy playing sports, so it's hard to keep your eyes on your money, so to speak, and it's tough mm. to trust people. Well, best wishes with that. Right now, let's uh, let's talk about a little bit of football here. I mentioned, obviously, football fans remember you, both with the uh, the bird on the side of your hat and that Jets logo. I was who, flying my whole career. Who do you like less, Roethlisberger or Brady? Let me tell you something. Uh, for me, Ben Roethlisberger is a man's man. You know, he's a guy that you know football players really respect because not so much that saying that he's a better quarterback than Brady. But his ability, his willingness to take the, take the beating, hmm. his willingness to be a football player and stare down the barrel of the gun and still take the shot and deliver the ball. We've seen him with his nose broken. We've seen him you know, beat up and battered. You know, he's a gladiator. You know, with Brady, he, he lives to fight another day. You can respect that as well because look at the longevity that he's had. But as far as a guy in the locker room that the linebackers and the DNs and the cornerbacks and the safeties and the guys who, who, who get themselves dirty – and, and mucked up in there hmm. in the trenches, they respect, they respect Roethlisberger more than Brady. Well, I'm from Pittsburgh, so you're not going to get any argument out of me on that one. Now, like I mentioned, you're on the CBS uh, with that CBS team. Who is the best? Boomer Esiason, NFL quarterback. I'm not talking – I mean, NFL player. I'm not talking about mm-hmm. broadcaster. Boomer Esiason, Tony Gonzalez, Bart Scott. Put those guys in order. Well, you know – I want to say Boomer, listen, Boomer went to school for this. You know, so Boomer is one of those few people that, that go to college for something, step, steps into this professional realm in which he went and studied. Um, also, he's been on air for a long time. He's been at it for a long time. And um, he's great at it. You know, he has his, his radio show, nationally syndicated. Congratulations. And, you know, with me and Tony coming in and replacing Dan Marino and, 
and Shannon Sharp, you know, guys that have been working with those guys for a long time. And it's almost like being in a locker room when you lose one of your favorite teammates. And then here comes two new guys, me and Tony, and they embraced mm. us and they coached us up. And, you know, it's a lot to be said for that and what those guys did for us last year while we learned the business and learned the craft and learned how to make great television. I hear you, but I want to know who's the best football player out of that trio. Who was the, had the best NFL career? Well, I mean, come on, you have to go with Tony Gonzalez. He rewrote That's the right. books, man. You know, he, he rewrote the books. And, you know, <laughs> the, the, the competitor to me wants to say me, but we all know the answer to that. This guy is a legend. He revolutionized the modern-day tight end. You know, he was a class act on and off the field. And, you look, he was a matchup nightmare. And, you know, Boomer was the MVP of the league. I don't know if Tony ever was the MVP of the league, but I think even Boomer would you know, step aside and say Tony's the better player. There's a Bart Scott defense in a tight game, a big playoff game. Who do you fear more if you look across the line? Who do you not want to have to play? Boomer Esiason's team or Tony Gonzalez? And and Bart Scott might have to cover number 88 there. Well, listen, I'm not covering number 88 by myself. I'm I'm going to bracket number 88. I'm going to be physical on the line. I'm going to get some help from my DN. Mm -hmm. Uh, Boomer Esiason, though, was was a tall quarterback that can see over the top of the defense. You know, people forget how great he was in some of the seasons that he's had with the Bengals. If you can be successful in Cincinnati, you've done, you've done something. <laughs> you know, that's, that's saying a whole lot. You know, so I'd rather go against Tony because I can take him away. And Tony didn't play with, you know, great quarterbacks. He played with Matt, Matty, Matty Ice at the end of his career. But, you know, it depends on what team he is. Tony Gonzalez in Kansas City, I'll take that every day and twice on Sunday. <laughs> You're so right. There are guys who don't get the benefit of great quarterbacks. Tony Gonzalez still put up those numbers, and uh, they, me, do, they would be yeah. even greater with, uh, with an all-time QB throwing them the let, ball. Listen, let me, let me tell you something. I, that, that Baltimore defense, and you can even say that New York defense, you know, left about three Super Bowls on the table you know, because you know, we just didn't get what we needed out of that position, and we tried to win the old-fashioned way, and the game has evolved. You know, you can't win with a dominant defense in a running game. You have to be able to score points in this league. And, you know, they've, they've made, the league has made it extremely hard for, for dominant defenses to be successful in the NFL with the rule change because they want, they want TV ratings, which means they want points, and they want guys putting up astronomical numbers. And, that's, and they're getting their wishes. You're seeing guys break records. You know, if Dan Marino played in this era – you know, his numbers would be almost double what he ended up with, I believe. That's right. I still say 83, the greatest uh, the greatest uh, quarterback season in history. You look at those numbers and what he did back in that era. Hard to beat. What is the, uh, what's the loss? You bring up the Jets and the Ravens, and obviously when you're going head-to-head with Pittsburgh for some tough seasons there. But I always look back to when your Jets team came through Pittsburgh for the AFC title game. To me, even though I'm rooting black and gold, I felt like, boy, the Jets really could have stolen that one. Does that one stick in your craw more than others? Absolutely, especially for me because I went to three consecutive AFC championships and to come up short and be good luck Chuck to every team that beat me to go (laughs) on and win the Super Bowl. You know, it it hurts a little bit, but, you know, I feel good that, you know, I I never won a Super Bowl, but I never was, was irrelevant. You know, I was always in the mix. I played on some tremendous teams. I played with some tremendous football players and made a lot of, lot of friends for life. Um, but, yeah, we, we definitely let one get, you know, get away from us. You know, we started off slow, sluggish after you know, beating New England up in New England. Um, but with Sean Green on the one-yard line, if you would have said that in, in, in training camp saying, hey, we'll take Sean Green you know, first and goal from the one, you know, and, and you can go for the Super Bowl, you'll take that every day. You know, I think we, we kind of outsmarted ourselves trying yep. to throw on first down. You know, I think you give it to Sean. You run behind that tremendous line, Damon Woody, uh, 
Mango, the Brickershaw Ferguson, uh, Brandon Moore. You got you got to appreciate that. And you say, hey, if they stop us this way, then this is our brand. You know, we're ground and pound. If they can do that, then they earned it. I think we let it all, let them off the hook. Boy, oh boy, maybe we're running a little inside for uh, for casual fans, but that's exactly right, man. I, it, it's amazing, too. So what we're talking about here is that there was a goal line situation in a big postseason game that maybe the uh, the offensive coordinator outsmarted uh, himself a little bit and cost you guys a game. It seems that that rings a bell for me from the last few months as well. It, it seems familiar to me. Um but now let's talk about uh, Rex Ryan, your old coach uh, on both those teams, in fact, and uh, now mm-hmm. up in Buffalo. I submit that he's one of these guys that is going to be worth a win or two or three anywhere he goes, just about in that first season. I think he'll have short-term bang. Do you do, do, do you agree with that? Do you think the Bills are ready to make a real run at the postseason and maybe even at the division title this year? I think they have just a good of team that we had our second year. We went 11 and five. You know what Rex Bryan brings to the table is his ability to instill confidence in those who don't believe in themselves, and he puts you in positions to be successful. So then, you believe in yourself, and once you believe, and once the team believes, then you have a you you have a powerful you know team you know to go forward. You know, so he's going to come in. He's going to say, "Hey, we're going to run the ball. We're going to give it to you, and you're going to get a first down." Then you're going to do it, and then you're going to say, hey, man, I think I'm better than what I am. He can make guys who, who aren't as good you know, feel, you know, perform at a higher level because he's going to put them in positions of strength. Where some coaches try and, try and force that round peg into a square hole, you know, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. You know, he puts you in position to do what you do well, and he masks what you, what you don't do well. Um, and then you got uh, you got the Dolphins uh, look like they're on the rise, and then uh, yeah. the Jets look like they're good. You buy Geno as the uh, as a guy who can get that team over the hump, because otherwise they're another team that looks loaded for Bear. Well, I, I think one that whole division is going to knock each other off. Everybody. The, mm. the good news is the Jets got got much improved. You know, you bring in the type of talent. Reeves coming back, Cromarty. Um, you add you add you know Williams, and you bring in Marshall. I think that you have talent now. You have depth. And I think, you know, that makes it well. But the bad news is everybody else in the division got a lot better as well. And I can't see anybody sweeping in this division. I see them knocking each other off, you know, much like the NFC West. You know, but whoever comes out of this is going to be a much better football team come playoff time because of the level of competition that they went against. So whoever can find their way out of this division, I think is going to do well in the playoffs. But 9-7 and seven may win this division because the Patriots aren't who they used to be. You know, with, with all the losses that they sustained in the offseason. Yeah, it's not. They didn't just lose Revis, but he went to to the rival, and so they not just they didn't just get worse. Uh, the Jets got better. Well, well, they lost the attitude. You know, I think hmm. Brown and Revis brought swag to that defense, and I think they you know ability to understand football. You you talk about the last play that was made. That was made because Browner alerted the guy that the play was coming, and that you know everybody want to say was that a good play? Was it a bad play? They had the right play called. You know, but they didn't execute. Browner' ability to to quick jam the receiver didn't allow the pick to happen. You know, if he doesn't if he doesn't jam that receiver on a, on a point with a quick jab, then he gets off the line. If he gets off the line, then you know, then then Malcolm is it Malcolm Butler? Yeah, I believe. Yep. Malcolm Butler's going to get rubbed off, and that 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 ball is going to get completed. He did everything right, and he just got there. If anything would have gotten his way and deterred him, that would have been a Super Bowl win for the Seattle Seahawks. 
Yeah, and it's remarkable to think how different our conversations about both those teams. I mean, you think the yeah. Seahawks win that Super Bowl. We're talking about yeah. do they Dynasty, rank as the yeah. all-time best team? Are they the best, you know? See, people don't get the X and O's. That was a cover zero, meaning that they were bringing everybody. Everybody was in zero coverage, no help. And that was a cover zero beater. We watched Green Bay and Cobb and Jordy Nelson run that play with Aaron Rodgers every week, and we never questioned it. You know, that was the right play at the time. Cover zero blitz. You don't have enough to, to block them. Get the ball out of your hands quick. They just made the play, and you have to give credit to them. But by no means was that the wrong play call. You know, you hand it to Marshawn Lynch. They have eight. You have six. He gets hit in the backfield, lose three yards. And then we're talking about the coordinator needs to be fired. <laughs> so true. Hey, uh, later this week, we're going to be doing the best. Uh, we're going to go through them all. Best college fight song. That makes me think, first of all, what is a Saluki? I lived in that area for a while. For, Still never for, figured it out. First of all, I got no horse in the race. I don't really get involved in college football because I can't, I can't say much. Um, I always tell people a lot of times I went to 13th grade you know, because <laughs> I played in front of two, two three, 4,000 people. I didn't get the full college experience. But um, a Saluki is an Egyptian hunting dog. Um, ah. you know, a, lot of pe- a lot of people see the dogs you know, in the Egyptian pictures and you know, the pharaohs, and you see the dog with the little furry ears and looking like uh, Santa's little helper from The Simpsons. You know, that's pretty much what a Saluki is. Wow. So an economics major, before we got going here, you were literally talking to our guys behind the glass on how to fix the audio issues. You just broke down a football game from six years ago, and now you're telling us about the Egyptian honey dogs. Is there anything Bart Scott can't do? The answer well, is listen. we'll have to figure it out at a later date. Hey, let me tell you something. Jack of all trades, master of none. That's right. That's right. Well done, uh, Bart Scott. Hey. You're looking forward to football, looking forward to football season, right? Absolutely, because once this, uh, these finals are over with, nobody wants to look at baseball. Well, I was hoping you would say can't wait is what I was really hoping for. But <laughs> I, I bet you have to say that like a, a, a four dozen times daily, right? People must come up to you all the time for that one. Well, it has to be authentic. I have to be I in the see. mood for it. It has, it has to fit the right situation. But it's all good. I'll take that 10 cent because I do own that phrase, so I appreciate it. You'll, you'll get an invoice in the mail. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's what I get for my troubles. Well, see, he's an economics major. Hey, Bart Scott, uh, good luck with everything you're doing with Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment. You and Antoine Walker, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you in September. It's going to be here before we know it. Appreciate it. Changing the narrative. See, I thought he would say it there. It's like, oh, I built up to it. I thought he might say, all right, all right, do it, do it. We'll build. I tell you what, build up again, I give you what you all want. All right, all right. I'm Let's like Burger uh... King. <laughs> all right, here we go. Hey, you know what? We're gonna lo- we love what you're doing with Morgan Stanley. And just a couple more weeks, football season will be underway. Can't wait. <laughs> all right, the great Bart Scott. Excellent stuff out of him. Uh, fascinating breakdown of the AFC East and uh, that AFC title game that uh, that I remember well. I do feel that the Steelers got a little bit lucky taking that game. All right, so listen, we'll wrap it up there. We appreciate Bart Scott joining us for uh, for a little chat there. Before that, Bucky Brooks and Handsome Hank. Like I say, we'll have the big college football fight song breakdown for you on our next podcast with Michael Robinson. I don't know who else. Time will tell. This would be a good fight song. This is basically the Rebel Alliance's fight song, the Ewok song, after they defeated the Empire. We'll be back with more Huey and Applesauce later on. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. 
That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.